I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Caps. Birthdays, history, updates, thoughts, former players, analysts, broadcasters, we bring it all to you. Come for the history, stay for the hot takes. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs on this Saturday night, July 16th. I'll be joined by a couple of guests in a few minutes. Plenty has happened on July 16th through the years for the Cavs. We've got three former players with birthdays. Unfortunately, today also marks six years since the passing of Nate Thurmond. As good as he was, seven-time All-Star, five-time All-Defense. He was selected to the NBA 75 team, top 50 all-time. In Cleveland, Thurmond played in 114 games. He averaged five points, six rebounds, and less than two blocks. And the Cavs said, you know what, let's hang up the jersey. Doesn't really make sense with some of the other numbers, but Thurmond was around, you know, for the miracle at the Fieldhouse back in the 70s. He Averaged seven points and nine rebounds in that playoff run for the Cavs, go along with two assists. Again, not great numbers. He was dominant on the San Francisco and Golden State Warriors after they moved. Was not there for their championship. He was in Cleveland when they won it all. Rather, Chicago. But nonetheless, RIP Nate Thurman six years ago today. He would have been celebrating his 81st birthday next Monday. So RIP Nate Thurman. Three quick birthdays to run through. The first turning 43 out of Texas is Chris Mim. Played his first three, year, three years and then 22 games with the Cavs. He was acquired for Jamal Crawford on draft night. Probably would have wanted Jamal Crawford, but averaged eight and five, eight and five, six and four in his years. And then he got traded to the Cavs. Or rather, he got traded from the Cavs in 0304 to Boston in that deal with Ricky Davis. He'd averaged seven and six before that. He played briefly with LeBron, made one start alongside of James. Played a few years with the Lakers. And I'll have a trivia question relating to Chris Mim for both of today's guests when we get there. As birthday number one, number two, he's only 36 today, but he is five years removed now from the NBA. Timofey Mozgov, year and a half with the Cavs, 122 games, eight points, five rebounds, and a block. And 14-15 as a playoff starter, averaged 11-7 and seven with two blocks off the bench, in a limited role, 1.2 rebounds the following season. He's an NBA champ. You can't take that away from him. He had some good games. He turns 36. Happy birthday to Team O'Fay. And the third, last certainly not least, Ron Brewer Sr. Ronnie Brewer was on the pod back in February. He and his father both attending the University of Arkansas. Ronnie Sr. during the 81-82 season after being acquired from the Spurs for the Cavs averaged 19 points, two rebounds, and three assists. Over 21 games the following season, averaged 11 points and two rebounds. Actually played his final 40 NBA games in Cleveland as well after being acquired by, or rather from Chicago as Thurmond was. 
and he averaged five points per game. Ron Brewer did not appear in a playoff game for the Cavs, but he did have himself some moments. As we introduce today's guest, Dan Galinsky, Amadou Sal. I do have a trivia question for you guys to start, but tell me how y'all feeling about the state of the Cavs right now in general. Feeling pretty good, pretty good. Summer League was very encouraging for a lot of players. Um, just can't complain, you know, it was just a chance for a lot of them to, you know, get some opportunities. And that's the biggest part for it for me. Yeah, I thought the same way. Um, it was just good to see Travers, uh point forward abilities, to be honest. Yeah, shout out to Luke Travers. Agree with Yamadu, a lot of encouraging signs. Real quick trivia question. I'll go to you, Amadou, and then Dan. This is just an A-B multiple choice. Who appeared in more playoff games? Joe Harris in a Cavs uniform or Chris Mim in his entire career? Amadou and then Dan. Who you got? I got to go Joe right here. All right. Dan? Uh, I'll say Chris Mim just to be a point devil's advocate. All right. So I was very surprised by this. Chris Mim only appeared in five playoff games for his career. Joe Harris during the Cavs run to the finals did appear in six. So nice job, Amadou. It was Joe. I didn't know how to grow a beard yet. Harris during his year with the Cavs. We've seen he's got a top five, 10 beard in the game now in Brooklyn. Although where he ends up to be determined, how we rank beards to be determined. Nonetheless, he did figure it out. No more Fu Manchu for that man. But on another note, Dan, we'll start with you. Cavs finished out their summer league play today. 94-90 win over Atlanta. Three and two. Showed some good signs. Had their ant moments. But all things considered, are you happy with the product you saw over the last 10 days? 11 days. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought, I mean, it was good to see some guys get opportunities. Um it's, it, I don't know, the way the Cavs do Summer League, they're never as really, it's just, it, I mean, it is Summer League, but there's, a, it just seems like there's, it's going to be clunky a lot of the time, but it was good to see um, Okchai um, have the confidence he had, um, get up a variety of shots. Um, I thought it was, I just think, again, it was good to see Travers um, get some playmaking opportunities, and uh, I think we saw maybe a glimpse of of why he could potentially, in my opinion, be actually the best pick in this draft for us. And Amadou, what are some of your thoughts as how to the how the Cavs performed? Yeah, like I said earlier, it was pretty encouraging. Um like Dan alluded to, Ochai, I love the confidence that I was seeing, the shot selections. I mean, we seen all in ball and off ball from him. And I really like what we saw from RJ Nemhart as a lead guard role. He didn't really have that lob threat that a lot of these guards have that's you know easy dump offs and stuff like that but he still made the most of what he had and for guys like Isaiah Mobley and Luke Travers um I'm not too sure what their role would be you know on the next level in the NBA but again they had some pretty encouraging signs as well for Mobley I think it's really just about getting that three-point shot down man because it was it was pretty brutal in the summer league and Travers we'll see what happens with him man um, we don't know if he's gonna come over from Australia or not I don't believe yet so that's something interesting to look forward to. Yeah, we're going to have to see what happens, you know, with Luke Travers. Definitely showed a lot. Great passing ability. 
can knock down the three as Delhi looks like he might be making an NBA return this year elsewhere. It would only be fitting for Luke Travers to get that chance, although it more than likely would not be in Cleveland given the status of the roster, how many guys are already here. There wouldn't be any minutes available unless five or six players all went down simultaneous. It's unlikely that COVID would rampage through the NBA like it did last year, although that is to be determined. We, that's out of anyone's control in the NBA. But my overall thoughts were they went three and two. It wasn't a world-beating roster. We did lack, whereas other teams had some, including Atlanta, who had Chris Clemens. We don't have veterans. It's pretty much all guys that are either looking for that first NBA opportunity or young talent. So yeah, nobody crazy old, nobody that is still looking around to try and sneak in. You know, there were plenty of those 28, 29 year old guys, 30 year olds that are trying to get in, get their chance. For example, you know, the Cavs did go against Chandler Hutchison, Chris Clemens and Marcus Georges Hunt, all of whom have played games in the NBA more than a couple of years ago. Though I was very surprised that Clemens actually hasn't logged a game in three years. I guess the health has really been a part of that. I know he recently had an ACL tear before he could make a roster. And uh, Dan, I'll start with you. It was a little surprising to see the Cavs select him and not wait to sign him. So maybe they wanted to do this for last year's lottery pick. But thoughts on Isaiah Mobley, who finished with 15, 10, and 4 and knocked down some big ones late in today's contest. Yeah, I think with what Amadou said, I think for him um, to make a case for a role at some point, he's going to have to keep working on that deep ball. Um, I, I think, at least with him, I mean, I know the percentages were, and there's going to be shrinkiness, um, eh, but I think the, the shot actually looks pretty good. I think it's honestly pretty fluid. Um, it's, I mean, a lot of bigs, it's, it's going to take some time. Um, I mean, he, he's going to have to quicken that up. But I think there, that's definitely workable. And I think with some more uh, developmental work, they could have something there. Uh, we didn't, it, it was a little bit shaky as far as the secondary playmaking. But again, given the summer league kind of caveat, you, you have to take it for what, take it with a grain of salt. And um, I, I think there's some upside as far as him being able to do a little bit of everything in his minutes is, is a backup big down the road. But whether, he can be more at the four or five. Like to me, I think the, the case for him um, long-term is more at the five ideally, but we'll have to see. And then Amadou with the case of RJ Nemhard, who we did get some minutes from last year, very minimal thoughts on his ability. And if you think now that he goes into his last year of two-way eligibility that you think the Cavs should maybe jump on giving him the spot rather than potentially losing him to another team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, um, he looked very poised in the summer league, uh, under control for a guy who, you know, was given the lead guard, you know, spot. So that's what I really like to see. Um, excelled pretty, pretty, pretty well in the G League last year. It's just all about, you know, improving his facilitating abilities and such like that. In regards to the roster spot, I thought it would have made sense to have him there rather than Raul Neto. Um, the team didn't think so. So maybe that's something they look for next year. So... Just as to that, that's what I like to see. But, yeah, I was very intrigued from what he was able to show, and I think the Cavs were as well. So we'll see what happens. I don't really expect too many, if any, opportunities at all, you know, like you said, unless, you know, an injury happens and stuff like that. But still, very encouraging signs. 
Yeah, you know, absolutely. Just a quick fix here on Nemhard. This was actually last year was his rookie season, so he does have one more year after this year of two eligibility. Signed with the Cavs September 8th, then signed a two-way. He signed an Exhibit 8 September 8th, a two-way October 16th. Regular contract March 31st, signed to the G League the same day. Waived on April 7th, re-signed on April 10th, and then re-signed to another two-way on July 2nd. So technically actually already in there with the team to come back, which would net him about 59000 from the Cavs over the course of the season. You know, he went to TCU. He improved his scoring and assists every season. He's a guy that can knock down the threes uh, if need be. He's shown a lot of promise on the court before in non-NBA situations. My overall takeaways is that Rubio is going to miss time to start the year. Neto would likely slot in as the backup, although should Colin come back and play on at day one, my thought would be that one of him or Garland is on the court at all times with Rubio out. So perhaps Neto not guaranteed the roster spot, although teams like the Cavs, you know, probably go 11 or 12 deep for the first couple games as they figure things out. That's usually what you get at the beginning of a season. You sign some new free agents. You want to see what they could do on the court, maybe even get some Lopez minutes in that scenario. But at TCU, Nemhard did show a lot of good signs. You know, and I think he'll definitely have a chance. His father logged 10 games in the NBA 26 years ago between the Portland Trailblazers and Utah Jazz. That would be R.J. Nemhard Sr. His son has already played more games after his showing last season. But now, you know, Dan, you mentioned him already. But, you know, Oche Akbaji taken with the number 14 pick. First couple games of preseason, or rather summer league when he was on the court. Absolute sniper from deep now do you see a situation based on our very early takeaways where he could be getting opening night minutes despite how crowded cleveland is on the wing um i don't know about opening night minutes um i think it'll take probably six or maybe five or six games before um it, not saying that he wouldn't get any but i'm just saying like where it's he gets chunks where he's getting 14 plus minutes or so um, I think it'll take some time for them to sort that out, but uh, I could see honestly like 15 games in. I think it's a possibility he just supplants Okoro. Frankly, wow, that's a big, that's a big pick there. Well, I'm I'm factoring in not that they have the same role necessarily, but if if Collins back, which I still think there's a, a good possibility of that because it's going to be. I mean, it is a pain in the ass to actually do sign-in trades um, involving him right now. So um, that, that's kind of that ca caveat. And I, I'm just saying, like, if he is as provided he's back, I think Lamar, in I mean, to some extent, we're better off just having him there instead um, in, like, a similar role. And, I mean, I think Agbaji can do I, – I mean – relatively speaking, given that he's an older player coming in, he could probably do some of the defensive work a Coro can. So, I mean, that, that's just with that in mind. I mean, I, I don't know if that's like hot takey or all, but oh. I mean, unless a Coro shows something offensively, I, I don't see how that's not a good possibility. Thoughts on the same scenario here, Amadou, with the, I guess the, We'll call it the Okoro-Stevens-Ogbaji conundrum. 
Yeah. Um, right now, it's very difficult to say. Personally, I believe out of the three, I think if we're talking minutes, I'd expect Stevens to get the least amount. Yep. Just because I understand him and Okoro. I, I, I think Stevens is farther on offensively just because of the mid-range ability and such like that. But it's like Okoro still has, you know, the athleticism and the defensive prowess that Stevens doesn't have. And Abaji has a shooting. Now, when it comes to Okoro and Abaji, if it was my option, I'd choose Abaji just because of his shooting ability. But I think, you know, JB Bickerstaff and the front office and everybody want to see what Okoro can do because they did spend a top five pick on him. So I expect him to get, you know, most of those opportunities ahead of Oche and Stevens. Now, that could definitely change. And I expected to change, you know, as the season goes on and on. But for right now, I think Okoro's got that spot kind of solidified. So then, Dan, going back to you, it sounds like Amadou's thinking is that, and it makes sense because Okoro was a top five, six pick. He should get those types of minutes. But is this kind of looking like a Josh Jackson situation if he doesn't get better this year? Yeah, I think this is absolutely a pivotal year for him. Um, I I think he has to show in the first – I mean, I I get that people want, like – "Quote unquote," love his defense. I think his defense is solid, but there are in, there are a lot of the problem with him is they they like to put him on like lead initiators a lot, and he can do a decent job a fair amount of time. I think his screen navigation last year was was far better than the year prior. Um, but I, I'm just saying, like, if he's not going to provide anything offensively, which the back half of last season was pretty often the case where it's like actually going to be impact stuff where like guys are going to at least have to honor him. I, I just don't see how I, I don't see personally right now. I don't see there being that great of a chance that he's extended eventually. I, I just personally don't. I mean, I, I like Isaac. Like I'm not saying I'm not trying to grill the kid, but, and I understand he's only 21, but, the problem is that all the other levels of, of hooping, he was not like a shot creator before either. And in AAU, he kind of played more of like a forward. I mean, he was actually kind of a roller at times. And I think with the Cavs, I mean, if Collins back, I mean, I, I'm fine with him at the three for stretches. That's And he'll still get him. But, I mean, with Lowry involved too, I mean, unless there's injuries, I, I don't see – how he warrants starting minutes. I, I really don't get that. And I think a lot of people think just for defense, that's going to be the case, but there's others involved now. And it's not like he's like a lockdown defender by any stretch. So that's just kind of my rationale. I just want to butt in really quickly before. Um, my whole thing with Okoro as well is that I just don't see the, the on-ball abilities ever forming into something because – like Dan just nothing are they ever going to like yeah like, like if you can't even be a threat to take a floater that's kind of a problem yeah yeah like in I mean for a top five college, pick like yeah it was just a bunch of nothing so yeah that's just not gonna happen in one year so and like you said the Cavs they, they're looking to win now so I don't think they want to have the patience for Okoro to maybe in the slightest chance you know become something sustainable something decent you know on ball so it, it just gets very tricky with him. No, it's definitely fair. Just quick correction is Oche Abaji. So pardon all, Abaji. all of my mispronunciations. I, I've been saying it wrong since he was drafted without even being aware of it. So that's on me. And, you know, number two, 
Interestingly enough about Okoro in the minutes, I was surprised by this. It did happen. I think he only got what, 12 or 13 minutes in the game against Atlanta because of the lack of scoring touch. And this is a team that didn't have Sexton or Rubio or Abaji either in that sense. It was Rondo that was taking most of his minutes in that game. And with that being said, you know, I do still think when the season opens, he'll have a lot of opportunity. I I do believe that he'll get, I think last year he was the sixth or seventh man for the first week or so or two of the season before injuries started mounting, before he became a starter again. I could see him, you know, playing about eight or nine minute stretches each half at least, maybe more. I think we're going to have to see, but he's a guy that I don't think it's anywhere near DNP CD territory. I think just for the Cavs, some guys, I think Markkinen's minutes are going to dip to start the season. I think Kevin Love's going to play only around 20. I think they're going to have to try and find minutes for a lot of guys at the beginning to understand mm-hmm. where things fit. And, and you know, what's interesting is this is non-summer league, but real quick, Amadou, I'll go to you. Is there any chance, given who we have now, that Jetty Osman gets any meaningful minutes in a Cavs uniform, barring health situations next season? Because I, I can't see I, it. I just I just don't see it at all. I mean, we essentially drafted his replacement in Oche. And honestly, I think a trade is all but done at this point. I, I think we'll see one coming in the next couple of weeks. Dan? Yeah, I, I'm with Amadou. Um I mean, just given that he's basically on an expiring deal, it, it seems. It seems. I mean, I don't know about imminent, but it seems like a like a very good possibility. I'd put it like a a gentleman's seventy percent prior to next season. I mean, we're still a ways away from that, but I just I, I like. It. I mean, comparatively, like I I like what Jetty can bring, um, and he is like probably like the only one of. I mean, he's realistically like an actual small forward, but honestly, I'm not somebody that like pigeonholes people into like small power forward, power forward, whatever. But yeah, it just seems that the writing's on the wall at this point. And now the real question is, does he get a video tribute that's more than 30 seconds long? Has he done enough to merit that? I don't think so, no. That, that's, that's what it's all about. Uh, he, he's been here since LeBron. And he, I yeah. think he's the only guy that's been here. That, him and Kev are the only ones left over from LeBron's last season. I think he'll definitely get one. I think Jetty deserves it. I mean, with how people do stuff nowadays, like it, just what he's been able to bring, the energy, that stuff. I mean, he's kind of been like, a fun guy. I mean, when you see him live and he, he goes on one of his runs, it's fun. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he definitely will. And the fans love him. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I like Jenny. He's, I don't know. Doesn't have like a, and it's, it's hard to like hate Jenny. Like, yeah. He's, he's know. our guy. He's our one name guy. Jenny. Every time he scores, you don't have another one namer, right? He's the only yeah. one on the Cavs. Kind of seems like it. Yeah. yeah. So once so, once we get once we get another one, yeah, no, and Amadou, you agree there? I I know yeah, it's I it's chuckle worthy, it's chuckle worthy, but it's a real question. Yeah, yeah well, I agree. I agree. The one name is. I mean, the whole video tribute thing. I, okay, so so Dan brought us some good points. I like everybody can get one nowadays, so I could see it for Jetty. Yeah, it's fair. You know, when we bring Justin Matcham back. I think we're gonna have to do a tribute <laughs> to to get to yeah, to, to, to ignite his return to to ATC at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. 
Yeah. Yeah, maybe uh C C gets one too. <laughs> if he plays here on the road and next if, year. If Cabin Jelly's back in the league, I, hey, gotta gotta give him one. You gotta give Dante X someone when his team inevitably plays a game in the US at some juncture because they run out of stadium space. A- anything can happen. Yeah. Um, Dante Exum's just like he gets like the injury report, just like a a big snapshot of that. <laughs> we'll give him that. And then another name, guys, going back to Summer League. Now, he didn't do a ton. He wasn't great, but he had a good college career. He's trying to make it in the NBA. Do you see any future or any situation where, other than the last week of the season where everyone's just resting everyone, that Ashton Hagens could make a roster this year? Mm. I mean, maybe if there's another COVID outbreak. But aside from that, I don't, I don't really see it personally. <laughs> <laughs> Ashton Hagen's NBA player. <laughs> it's a good question. Yeah, he he made it. He went one for seven today. He had three assists, a block, and a steal. He was plus five. He just wasn't effective offensively, but he did he did some good things. So, so that's def, that's a that's a heck no from you. Well, uh, sorry, I, I just sorry. No, no, um, it's an I, honest reaction. It's I think he's got like more. He might have actually more of a possibility than like Matt Moody. Um, in because ter- he actually has like like he actually against opposing lead guards, some of them like he actually can like get after them. I mean, he can make some plays that way, but he's just I mean, offensively, there's just not really. Ugh. I mean, it seems like it's pretty much transition. He can make kickouts, stuff like that. I mean, he's like he seems like actually a pretty smart player, but I mean, he's just the, the shot is just ugh. that's fair and. And he's just like really tiny in place, really tiny. Like that's the problem. Like there's just like if he's in the paint at all, if there's like anything, it's just. Ugh. So I I I'm, I don't want to. That was okay. that was. I need that's to. Okay. Hey, he, he I need can, to tone that down. But to answer your question, absolutely not. Listen, he can cook us all. Well, he can cook you like twenty oh, yeah, zero oh, one on one. But but there are a lot of there are a lot of people that can do that. <laughs> but in, in fairness, I'm a playmaker. That's, there's no one to pass. I'm a lot, I'm a lot better uh, in the team sets, so to speak. Of course. AKA, you want to play me one-on-one, you'll take all my lunch money. I don't know. I'm, I'm a very, I don't know. It, I've been told I'm a very unorthodox player. So I, I, it's, it's hard to say. I don't know. Right. That makes two, maybe three. But I'm not, <laughs> also, another name who I'm kind of confused how he even got to summer league. Amadou, I'll go to you. Cam Young averaged 2.7 points and 2.8 rebounds across two years at Bowling Green, but he got to Summer League. Does he have a future in the G League as a starter? Can he ever get that call? Would he be the low, have the lowest college PPG ever to make the NBA? 2.7 across 47 games? Um, no, I don't see it. Honestly, I thought he was he played pretty decently, you know, um, as someone can play in summer league. He was taking a lot of shots, but I mean, if you're looking, you know, to have a chance at the NBA, that's what you want to do in the summer league. But I don't really see it. All right, yeah, I'm with that. And then we got one more name to talk about here. Amar Sia, who played last season for... Kedanai Nevaziz, 
had some very for, for a, a quick housekeeping thing. Cam Young was a twenty point game guy last season. For the Wait, record, which Cam Young? There's there's other two Cam Youngs. No, I mean it was it, he played with well, the charge. That that Cam Young. Oh. I apologize. Yeah, I, I saw him some. I mean, he's 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 not. He has some stuff. But yeah, it is weird. Like I don't know exactly what the path was there for him to get there, but I think he actually shot it pretty well from deep, uh, like an, as an off ball dude. But he, he can he has like some shape. He's got an in between game. But yeah, I don't know what happened with him in college. He kind of just uh, came out of nowhere. Was this Quinnipiac Cam Young? I, I I am not sure what his college path was to be honest with you. Because this was this, so it's not Bowling Green. You could Cam be Young. right. I don't think it is, but well, he averaged eighteen and twenty three, but he's been out of college for four years. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I think he's like I think he's twenty six. All right. Well, my apologies to Bowling Green Cam Young, who Justin. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Kirk's you're right. It's Quinnipiac. You're good. And shout out Quinnipiac, who I don't believe has ever had an NBA player but does have one of the best hockey programs in the country on the men's side. Very true. Very true. So again, women's basketball team, no dominant, but yeah, that is, that is my apologies. Please. Shout out to Cam Young, who averaged 23, not three in that senior season, but on the MRC, a note, he did have some good performances there. Do you guys see a situation where he could be in the leagues? It seems a lot of Cavs Twitter is in is under the belief that he has a real chance to crack the league next year. I actually do. I, I do believe that he has a chance to at least make the G League. Um, he seems like a nice energy guy, you know, just always playing tough. Had some very strong finishes around the rim, you know, throughout the summer league. That's what I really enjoyed and want the most from, you know, your opposing power forward center or whatever. But yeah, I do. I do like some of the things that he can do. If he can, you know, maybe work on a shot just a little bit to expand his range, that just be a plus. But I could see him on some, you know, some charge games. And Dan, go to you. He was only my only issue with him as he possibly enters the league is his team went seven and twenty-three last season, but he was still an absolute machine. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some real stuff there. Um, I, I think he's, I think he has good instincts as far as um, kind of rim protection, rim deterrence. I think there's that's a path for him there. Uh, but as, as Amadou said, it's it's a little bit uh, – made some tough finishes. I give him his credit for that. And he seems to – his rebounding positioning seemed good. But, yeah, I just – I don't know. With those kind of dudes, it just seems like they're they're like a dime a dozen. They're, he needs to have like a, a differentiating skill set in some way. It just – in my opinion. So, was he kind of just international with Eddie Tavares? <laughs> I, think, I think he's probably more than that, but we'll, we'll give it to you. All right, all right. So yeah, we'll we'll see. He he is actually like he moves pretty well, like a lot better than I, I would have thought. Yeah. And, and at least like he actually did. I think did he? I think he took a couple threes that I saw in the shot form. Actually, didn't look that bad. Okay. So maybe that's something there. That's fair. And then now, final question for both you guys as we wrap up today's episode Amadou then Dan of all the summer league guys besides Abaji who do you see having the biggest impact for the Cavs next season is it is it clear cut Mobley I think just because of the uncertainties around with Travers and if he'll come over next year it has to be Mobley Dan yeah I think so I just I don't see them really being a factor with the Cavs yeah. like in their in their play I just I don't see it 
All right. It should be interesting. I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say it'll be Nemhard. I think Mobley spends more time in the G League. And I know he's on a two-way, but the Cavs can sort that all later. I do think Nemhard might get some backup minutes early in the season. Should he show things once we get to the actual training camp portion? I'm sure him and Neto will be competing. Neto is a vet. He's done a lot. Nemhard was also with the team last season. Rubio won't be ready on opening day. Anything can happen, even with the Cavs deep backcourt as well. Guys will be coming and going, coming back left and right, but they will be absolutely fine. Amadou and Dan, pleasure getting both of you back, especially Dan. I know it's been a minute since you and I have been on the same episode of anything together. Yeah, always a blast, man. Thanks for having us. As that takes us to the end of this edition of Across the Cavs, if you like what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple and Spotify. Drop a review, also available on iHeart. So we will see you next time. I am Zach Weiss. This has been the latest edition of Across the Cavs.